Good morning, my Watford friends. I'm so sorry to miss you today, being as I'm in Thames Valley today, but I wanted to be, in a sense, with you today as well. And so here we have a recorded message from Genesis 12, as we're beginning our new series about Abraham, Adventures in Faith with Abraham, running through January and February, daily devotional podcasts, Sunday sermons preaching through Genesis 12 to Genesis 22, and some teaching classes on Wednesdays as well. I think it's a great way to start the new year because Abraham it was very much a man like you and I, a person like you and I, who faced many, although living 4,000 years ago, faced many of the same challenges, which essentially revolve around how does our faith respond to uncertainty, to a lack of clarity, to direction from God, but often him only revealing his purpose uh, step by step as we move step by step through life. So let's think about where we are right now. We've had perhaps one of the most unusual years of our lives personally and as a congregation I think it's fairly safe to say 2020 was very odd I'm not sure 2021 is going to be much less odd frankly but we've dealt with a lot of uncertainty and God has been with us as we look back over the last 12 months we can say God has been with us and I'll talk more about that in the detail in just a moment and we have learned how to combine faith with the uncertainty that we've been experiencing and the disruption to our lives and we need to learn we're going to learn surely more about how God is going to help us with these things going forward and Abraham as we heard about in Genesis 12 was called to a lot of uncertainty and we're going to see that more and more in his life as we go through the rest of uh, the Genesis account and so I think as we do that we're going to find ways to apply our faith to help us personally to help us collectively as a church and to make a difference in this world to the people around us who don't have God as they go through all of this disruption, as they go into all this uncertainty. They don't have what you and I have. They don't have a faith. So many people don't have a faith that underpins their lives, their spirit, their minds, their hearts, their emotions to help them. How lucky we are to have this resource. So let's learn how to make the most of our faith as we look forward into 2021. So let me tell you what we're going to be looking at today as we talk about how to have an adventure of faith with God going into 2021. We're going to look at firstly, listening to God. We're going to see that from Abraham's life, that he listened to God. Secondly, we're going to talk about uh, taking God at his word, as indeed uh, Abraham does. And then thirdly, we're going to look at what happens as, as we learn how to accept God's discipline in our lives and how helpful that can be for us. So firstly, listening to God. Isn't that what we see here at the beginning? We see Abraham listening to God. God calls to him, telling him to go from his country, his people, his family, his household, to a land I will show you. Not very many specifics here. I'll make you into a great nation. Bless you. Make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. Curses you, I will curse. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And what does he do? <laughs> Three simple words at the beginning of chapter four, of verse four. So Abraham went. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and he took people with him. So off he went. So he listened, and then he acted. We'll talk about the actions in just a moment. But first of all, he listened. There's no point in trying to live a life of faith unless we're truly listening to God. Only as we listen to God are we then able to be strengthened in our spirit so that we can then live a decisive life of faith, a life of faith that pleases God and makes a difference in this world. Listening is the first part. What is God trying to do here? 
Abraham has to understand what God is trying to do. God is trying to do something grander than it's just something in his own life. It's about a blessing to him, certainly, but it's also about being uh, a blessing to all peoples on earth. All peoples on earth. You see, God's vision for you and I and for this little church is much bigger than ours. Whatever the, is the grandest vision you might be able to possibly come up with for the for church or for your own family or your own life, God's vision is bigger. And we don't know exactly how that's going to work out yet because God only reveals it piece by piece, step by step, as he does with Abraham. But God has a huge vision for our impact on Watford, on Hertfordshire, Bev's, Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire, and well beyond, even possibly globally. Who knows what God could do with you and me, with us, because his spirit is in us. So that we, as we listen to God, we get inklings of his purpose and, and inklings of what our, it might be. And so that's what's going on here is Abraham is first listening and then he is acting. How good are you and I at really listening to God? Actually listening. In other words, stopping long enough to let the chatter in our mind calm down. Stopping even praying out loud enough just to stop and listen. To meditate. To take a passage of scripture, maybe like this, and pray over it. Pray over it by reading it, perhaps silently. Meditating on it. Taking a promise of God. Taking a, a, a passage from a psalm. Or one of the New Testament letters, something that Paul wrote perhaps from Romans 8 or a passage in Philippians. Meditating on it and asking God, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my life? What does it mean for the way I live? What does it mean for my spouse, for my children, for my friends, for our church community here? Listening. Abraham, at least one thing we know about Abraham, is that he, he learned how to, or he knew how to, listen. And I would say that listening to God is a kind of almost like a skill we learn better how to use as we grow in our Christian life. That's at least I would think what God would hope for, is that we learn how to listen better and better. It seems to me that's the way it was with the apostles. At the beginning, they listened to Jesus, but they weren't sometimes really getting the point. Then later on, they began to understand more. They began to ask him more questions. And then in the, in the book of Acts and so on, we find that they are more confidently following the lead of the Spirit. They've learned how to listen to the Spirit, and they've learned how to follow the Spirit's lead. So as a church, they know how to deal with their first crisis in Acts 6 when they have a dispute between Hebraic and Grecian Jew, Jewish people. Uh, they learn how to deal with uh, Peter baptizing Gentiles in, in Acts 10 and 11. They learn how to deal with the Jew-Gentile controversy in Acts 15. They learn these things as they go because they're paying attention to the Spirit. They learn how to deal with persecution in Acts 4 and Acts 5, and they, and they pray. And they get the courage to carry on preaching the word. They learn these things because they've learned how to listen to the Spirit. And they continue to learn all through the book of Acts. And it seems to me that you and I, if we're going to be aiming for something in 2021, if we would have a spiritual goal, a spiritual desire, a spiritual ambition in 2021, it should be, at least one of the things should be, to learn better how to listen to God. To learn better how to listen to the Spirit. Might that be a good goal for you? A good goal for us as a church, learning how to listen better to God. See, I think one of the things that, let me go on a slight digression, but I think it's important. There are many different theories about how and why churches grow. In fact, I have, <laughs> I have enough books on my bookshelf here 
to fill up a whole shelf on church growth, on uh, church vision. Uh, I have one book called Visioneering, how to develop a vision for a church. Um, and I've read those and I've used parts of them in various, at various times over the years. And there's some things that are useful in, in all of those. And there's a lot in the scriptures about, about vision in many ways. But I think one of the key things we have to bear in mind is that whatever strategy we develop, however we think about vision, the key thing is to follow the Spirit's lead. And I hope and pray that as a congregation, we are content to let the Spirit lead his church. Let him lead. Let us be the people who cooperate with the Spirit's lead. So I think part of my job and my role and our leadership team, but also the whole church, all of us as a church, our key role in terms of how is God going to develop this congregation, how is God going to grow this church, our key role is to listen and observe and notice the Spirit's lead. Listen for it, notice it, and follow the Spirit's lead for us as a church. And that requires, it, it, it requires each of us to be spiritually minded people spiritually hearted people people in touch with god's spirit if we're not in touch with god's spirit we can't expect to notice his leading my job and our job is not to grow the church that's god god grows his church and he's demonstrated that that to us we've been going as a church kind of like this about four years now and in the first three three years we didn't see a god add anybody to this congregation and i know sometimes we'd have conversations you know when is God going to add people? What are we doing wrong? Are we doing something wrong? Should we do something different so that we can see more people saved and added to the church in, in whatever way he wants to do that? And, and nothing really happened. And then this last 12 months, in fact, even in the last, what is it, about the last seven or eight months, God has added to his church. First of all, Simon was restored to the fellowship. So wonderful to have you with us, Simon. And then Richard was baptized into Christ. And then Jane was baptized into Christ. Wonderful things. Thank you. So happy to have you with us, Jane and Richard. And then God brought Desmond and Esther and Ethan to us just towards the end of the year, all the way from Hong Kong. Not something we expected. And as you probably know, uh, Akin and Pat, who live in Watford, are planning to join us sometime soon. They're moving to us from the northwest part of the London church. They're going to be part of us very soon. And in fact, two other couples, two other families from the northwest of London are also planning to join us in the near future. That's going to mean, mean our congregation is going to have increased by 11 adults within a year, within 12 months. Nothing for three years. And then all of a sudden, 11 adults plus children. How many children? Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, I don't know. Lots of children as well added to us by God. So your job and mine is not so much how do we grow the church. Your job and mine is how do we listen to God and then figure out what he wants us to do, following the Spirit's lead. That may sound a bit mystical, a bit like some kind of weird idea. Like how do we do that? Where, where's the lever to pull? Where's the, where's the button to press? Where's the, what's the thing that we should be doing as a church? Should we have more meetings of this, less meetings of that? I, I don't really know, to be honest. But I think as we collectively make a commitment that will be devoted to God and devoted to listening and praying that we will be observant of the Spirit and follow the Spirit's lead, then God will bring the increase when he decides it's the right time. You'll notice, 
you'll notice that it, God chose the time to reveal himself to Abraham. And then Abraham decided, <laughs> once Abraham realized it was God speaking to him, then he moved. He acted. You and I, there'll be some things for us to do. But first of all, we must listen. Can I appeal to myself and to all of us this year to be a congregation in Watford that are determined to listen to the Spirit and allow ourselves to be guided by him in 2021? First of all, if we're going to have an adventure of faith with God, we must learn to listen to God. Secondly, let's talk about taking God at his word. Living in a, a life of adventurous faith means taking God at his word. And we've already talked about it, but this is what Abraham does. Abraham went in verse 4, as the Lord had told him. He takes his family with him and they go. he goes through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh. Uh, he, the Lord appears to him again in verse 7 and gives him a bit more detail on the promise to your offspring. I will give this land. He now he knows, oh, it's this particular spot. Okay, he builds an altar. He goes on to the hills, pitches his tent, and he builds another altar. So we see that Abraham's instinct is to worship, which is a good thing. And he calls on the name of the Lord. And he carries on towards the Negev. And then there's some problems, but we'll come to that in, in just a moment. So we see that Abraham took God at his word. Can you imagine how hard this was? To, to, to leave your family. To, he leaves his father. He leaves his brothers. He leaves his, his culture. Uh, perhaps he leaves the language behind. We don't know what language they were speaking in these different parts of the, of the world at the time. Uh, leaving his language, leaving his values, his common values behind. Leaving perhaps the familiar cuisine and, and the source of food and where you would buy that food. Um, the ways of doing business might be different where he went to where he came from. Everything is, is changed for him. It's everything is 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 disturbed in his life. And some of us here, we know what that's like. Some of us have moved here to this country from another and have exchanged one culture for another. And you would know better than me the challenges with that. Perhaps you'd understand Abraham and the level of his faith here better than I would as he leaves one place to go to another very different place. Quite a challenge, wasn't it? It's interesting. And he travels through the land, north-south, if you look at the geography, building altars as he goes, worshipping on his faith journey. Important for us as we go through different stages of life, single, perhaps they're married, perhaps with children, perhaps emptiness. We keep worshipping and learning how to worship through each stage of life. And that is what's going on as he, as he moves on forward in his adventure of faith with God. And to me, what, one of the things it says to me is that there are periodic leavings and goings in our lives. We leave some things behind and we move on to other things. And to move forward, to move on in our faith, always seems to require leaving something behind. I wonder what you might want to leave behind from 2020. And I'm not talking about political things or anything to do with the virus necessarily, but more for yourself. What do you want to leave behind? Do you want to leave behind some old habits that you want to change? Do you want to leave behind some guilt that's been plaguing you, but you've been forgiven? Do you want to move forward into a more free sense of forgiveness and intimacy with God? In order to find that, you need to leave some other things behind. What are you leaving behind? It might be helpful to make a list of the things that you're leaving behind, as much as you might write down things that you hope to achieve or grow in in the year ahead. Are there some sins to leave behind? 
some sins perhaps to talk about with a friend here in the church, just to be honest and say, that's where I've been, but I don't want to be there anymore. Please pray for me and support me as I leave those things behind to be able to move forward in my Christian life. Are there some regrets you need to leave behind? I don't think, I mean, speaking personally, I've, I feel regretful that I didn't have more contact with my own adult children, thinking back into 2020. So one of my desires in 2021 is to have more contact with my adult children as they are now. And that's going to require me leaving behind the old habits of some more other self-focused than is healthy, but also leaving behind the regrets about or any guilt I have over that. And you might find this scripture helpful in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12, where Paul says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What might you be leaving behind so that you can press on to what is really important in the future? The third thing that we see in this passage that shows us how God helped Abraham to live a life of faith, an adventurous life of faith, is that he had to accept God's discipline. The last part of the chapter, we haven't got time to deal with in detail here. There's more in the, uh, in the daily devotional podcasts about this. But we see this rather strange situation where there's a famine, which is, which is disastrous, of course. And he goes to Egypt with his family and he's worried about the beauty of his wife. He's worried about how beautiful she is. And that Pharaoh will say, ah, I want her, so let me get rid of Abraham so I can have Sarah for my wife. And so he persuades Sarah to go along with this uh, rather strange idea that uh, she would say he was, uh, she was his sister. I don't know what the state of their marriage was after all this, but anyway, uh, that's what uh, she agrees to do. And indeed, Pharaoh is captivated by her and takes her into his, his household. And then we see that God takes a hand. He inflicts serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household. And then Pharaoh somehow figures out what's going on, calls Abraham him in, calls him to account and uh, tells him off because it gives him a good ticking off. Indeed, Abraham gets away with it, really, because uh, he could have been killed here by Pharaoh very easily because at the culture of the time, this kind of thing was taken extremely seriously. And he's lucky to get away with his life. Not only that, but he's been blessed earlier because he's been given uh, sheep, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels by Pharaoh earlier for his sister. And when he's sent away by Pharaoh after all this, they don't take them back. They let him keep them, it appears. Uh, with every, He went away with everything he had. So there's an interesting mixture here of accountability and grace I see here. That when God disciplines us, it's for our own good, right? According to Hebrews, he only does it for our own good. He, our own fathers treated us the best they thought, but God always treats us for, for our own best interests. So God's discipline is for our own good, but his discipline and his accountability, uh, the consequences of our sin are ours. But along with it, there is grace. And I think we see that in the passage here. There are consequences. He's held accountable by God. Yet there's grace. I think this is a wonderful uh, way for us to think about the discipline that God brings into our lives. 
Has God been disciplining you? I don't mean uh, cursing you as such, because God doesn't do that. But has God been allowing things to refine you? In what areas of your life can you see some refining going on? Is it to do with your health, your finances, your family life, your relationships? What might it be? Is there some area where fear has crept in, anxiety has crept in? Is God refining you? You know, we, we ask ourselves sometimes, where is God working on my life and heart? It's often where A, life hurts, or B, where we find sources of anxiety or concern or worry, uncertainty. And these things may be legitimate in terms of uncertainty, but nonetheless, the way they affect our hearts, the way they affect our sleep patterns, the way they affect our digestion, the way they they affect the way that our, our conversations are with our friends. These are areas where God is showing us, is disciplining us for our own good, allied with, coming together with his grace, because he only has our best interests at heart. See, sadly, in this situation, Abraham let his fears cloud his judgment. God has already told him, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Therefore, if he goes into Egypt and he tells the truth, she's my wife, and Pharaoh tries to take Sarah away, hasn't God already promised that he will, because that'll be effectively cursing, Pharaoh cursing Abraham, hasn't God already told him, well, if that happens, I'm going to take care of you because I will curse the one who curses you. And indeed, in fact, that is exactly what God does. Although Pharaoh does it unwittingly, doesn't know what he's doing. Nonetheless, God still kind of curses him. And therefore, Abraham can see at the end of this, God was in in control, in a sense, all the time here. God was, God's actually sovereign here. He knows what's going on. Nothing is hidden from him. And he will sort it all out in the end. It's part of the lesson of what's going on here. You see, if we let our fears dominate, what we're really doing is we're saying, uh, I, have, I have a really big God and I have a really small problem. But then when we focus on the problem and we get consumed by it, the problem becomes the big thing and God becomes the small thing. He's relegated somewhere out of sight by how much we are dominated by this big problem we have. And that's when our lives get out of kilter. That's where our relationships get messed up. It's, it's why we have so much anxiety, debilitating anxiety in our hearts. What we're really seeing here is a conflict between two kings, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, and, the, and God as king. And rather sadly, Abraham doesn't realize that he's got the bigger, more powerful king on his side, doesn't have to worry about the little tiny puny little king, Pharaoh. And he misses the point that God is on his side. Sometimes you and I forget that. God has already won the victory. He's already defeated death. He's already defeated the consequences of sin by raising Jesus from the dead. Therefore, you and I have nothing really to fear. That the victory is already ours. We already share in it. But we do, for a time on this earth, have to keep fighting fighting, uh, minor battles, little skirmishes, which feel big to us but are relatively small because the big battle has already been won. We, we do have an enemy on earth. I was, nearly, I was nearly very badly injured by the tree that I talked about a few weeks ago that almost fell on me. Uh, we, have a bad, we have an enemy. We, we are, are not guaranteed protection from all pain in this life, but the big battle is won. The ultimate victory is, has already been won. Therefore, we can relax into the challenges that we have now, knowing that God is with us. Living a life of adventurous faith means, firstly, listening to God. 
I, I urge myself and all of us as a congregation, personally and collectively, that let this be a year when we listen to God. We pray, we read the word of God, and we talk to each other and we discern by God's help where God is leading us. We let him grow his church as we listen and cooperate with his spirit. Firstly, listening to God. And surely the promises of, of scripture, the blessings of scripture will be yours and mine. Our responsibility in the meantime is to be sure that we love one another deeply. Love one another deeply from the heart, it says in Peter, one of Peter's epistles. Let's do that and let's let God grow the church. Let's listen and love and let God grow the church. Secondly, we also learn from Abraham's life that an adventurous life of faith means taking God at his word. As you read God's word, let's, let's make sure that we are uh, 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 intending to practice what we read. Let's practice what we read and practice what we preach. If there's anything we need to leave behind so that we can move forward, let's make sure we identify that, offer it to God as a sacrifice and move forward. And thirdly, what we learn about this adventurous life of faith is that at times we must accept God's discipline. It's for our own benefit. It enables God's promises to come to us and be a blessing to us. And it means that we can then be useful to God in this world. Abraham's role was to be obedient such that then God would bless all peoples on earth through him. And indeed he did. And we'll see more about that in the, in the, few, in the days and weeks ahead. God has a lot for us to do as a Watford Church. I'm so grateful to be in this church. I'm so grateful to have all of you as my friends. I am so grateful that we are here. I can't tell you how much over Christmas and New Year, as I've been praying about the year ahead and the year gone and praying about us as a congregation and my part in it and our part together in it, I can't tell you how each time I pray, it fills me with gratitude. It, I, I feel like I'm just one of the luckiest people alive to be in this church. And I know every church is special to God, but there's something special for me about being here. I hope that's true for you as well. And I want to urge myself and all of us to devote ourselves to one another in love, in Christ's love, this coming 2021, such that we can be a light to the world. Abraham was feeling his way forward. He made mistakes. We see that in Genesis 12. We see the highs of him listening to God. We see his amazing obedience. And then we see him falter. Just like you and me, isn't it? We have highs and lows. Maybe a Sunday after a, after a service is a high for you. And then there may be a low on Monday. That's okay. It's okay. God is with us every step of this journey. And he's not surprised by our failings and our weaknesses. It's okay. But, but... Whatever is going on, we can continue to live a life of adventurous faith. How do you feel about living a life of adventurous faith in 2021? Abraham and Sarah and the people around them can be your inspiration and mine. And I hope they are. God has got great things in store for us. We don't know what most of them are. Uh, much like Abraham, as it says in Hebrews 11, verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, this is the phrase, even though he did not know where he was going. Even though he did not know where he was going. You and I don't know where we're going. Not exactly this year. But we know who's going with us. And as long as we know who's going with us, we don't need to fear where we're going. I hope these thoughts have been helpful. Until I see you next, take care and God bless.